0: Chucky. For most people, when they hear the name Chucky, they immediately think of the 1988 film Child's Play and its subsequent sequels. The good guy's doll, dressed in his trademark blue dungarees, red trainers and with his mop of red hair. A doll that comes to life ready to terrorise. It's the thing of nightmares, but according to sources, Chucky was born out of a real-life mysterious tale. I'm Lauren, and this is The Truth Inside, Child's Play. (laughs) Child's Play Chucky came onto our screens in 1988 in the form of a good guy's doll. Good guy dolls were large plastic dolls aimed at young children. They can move their head, blink their eyes and were able to speak certain phrases, such as the iconic, Hi, I'm Chucky and I'm your friend to the end. Hidey-ho and I'm Chucky, wanna play? The doll came with a set of clothes, trainers, sneakers, dungarees and a striped t-shirt. But additional accessories could be bought like the soldier, fireman, and construction worker set. For those that may not have come across Child's Play or its villain Chucky before, Chucky is not an ordinary good guy's doll. Oh no. On the 9th of November 1988, a guy called Charles Lee Ray is being chased down by a police detective following a failed robbery. As the chase ensues, he is fatally shot, and despite his pleas to his partner in crime, Eddie, to help him get away, Eddie drives off in the getaway van. With nowhere else to go, Charles stumbles into a toy store and uses a voodoo amulet to transfer his soul into one of the toys. You guessed it, the good guy doll. When the police detective catches up with Charles, all he finds is his dead body, unaware that his soul was successfully transferred into the doll. The doll, Chucky, is then bought by a woman named Karen as a birthday gift for her son, Andy. Despite Chucky's physical form being that of a doll, He is in fact a full-grown man, Charles, and as a result possesses his strength. The doll ultimately ends up murdering Andy's babysitter, and when Andy tries to warn people, he is institutionalised. Karen needs to convince police of the doll's murderous intentions before it's too late and before Andy becomes his next victim. So where does the creepy true-life event come into play? Surely a doll is just that, an inanimate object? Well, listen on. In Key West, Florida in the 1900s lived Robert Eugene Otto. It's said that when Robert, who mainly went by his middle name and answered to Jean, was young, he received a birthday gift from his grandfather following a trip to Germany. The gift? A doll, that Jean affectionately referred to as Robert, after his own name. Robert the doll is a little boy dressed in a sailor outfit. He stands at approximately three feet tall, his body stuffed with a wood wall known as Excelsior. His face is worn, he has two beady black buttons for eyes, and his nose looks like nothing more than two pinholes. His face is marked with what would look like scars, and he sits with a dog in his lap, its eyes and tongue too big to look real. Over the years, people have explored where Robert came from. His origins have been traced back to the Stief Company, the company that made a teddy bear in honour of Theodore Roosevelt. They don't actually believe he was ever really manufactured to be a toy, In fact, it's thought that the company instead intended the doll to be part of a clown or jester display. The outfit Robert wears was also never manufactured by the company. It's thought to have been one of Jean's own. I'll pause here and say that whilst the most likely and widely accepted origin of Robert the doll is the one I've just told you, you may also hear or read about an alternative. The Otto family lived in a large mansion. In fact, the mansion still stands today and is being used as a bed and breakfast. Due to the size of the property, the family needed help around the home. It's said that the family mistreated their servants and maids, and when one was found to be using voodoo, they were promptly fired, but not before gifting a cursed doll to Jean, Robert. This legend, in part, formed part of the idea that the soul of a grown man, Charles, could be passed through to a doll using voodoo. So back to the story. When Jean was given the doll, they formed an instant friendship. He took Robert everywhere he went. They were rarely parted, and this continued even into adulthood. Corey Convertito, curator of the museum where Robert is now kept, said, What people really remember is what they would probably term as an unhealthy relationship with the doll. He brought it everywhere. He talked about it in the first person as if he weren't a doll, he was Robert. As in, he was a living entity. Jean used to talk to Robert, whispering secrets to him, which for a child felt normal. Jean talked to Robert like most children talk to their toys or imaginary friends. However, over the years, things were said to get stranger. Loud, violent commotions were said to be heard coming from Jean's bedroom. When his family went to see what was going on, furniture would be overturned, toys ripped apart, and Jean would be huddled into a ball in his bed. When the family asked, what's happened, what's gone on? Jean would reply, I didn't do it, Robert did. The Otto family have said that Jean would often shift blame for any wrongdoings onto the doll. Despite Jean appearing scared of the doll, the family kept Robert, but banished him to the attic. In fact, it's claimed that the night Jean's aunt took Robert to the attic and left him there was her last day on earth. She apparently died the same evening. Jean built Robert his own room in the attic, complete with furniture and toys. There are also stories of the Otto family hearing movements in the upstairs portion of the house, with footsteps echoing throughout areas of the property that were meant to be completely empty. Giggles were even heard in the darkness of night. When Otto grew up and became a well-respected and popular artist, he still kept Robert propping him up in the window of his home. When he married his wife Annette, who went by Anne, it's said that she detested the doll and, like his aunt, banished him to the attic. According to Jean, Robert didn't take too kindly to this and requested to be kept in the turret room of the house to obtain a good view. Jean, unable to resist Robert's charms, complied with this request and spent the majority of his time in the turret room with Robert, painting where the light was better and talking to his doll until his death in 1974. After his death, Anne kept Robert in the attic, hidden away in a cedar chest. Anne pursed two years later. The story of Robert doesn't die here, though, with Jean. When the house was sold, the new owner, Myrtle Reuter, became Robert's new owner. Myrtle didn't have an easy time with Robert. She reported similar eerie stories, Robert disappearing and appearing at will, never being in the same place he was left. Visitors to her property also reported his expression changing, whenever someone should discuss him in a negative way. A journalist from Solaris Hill, Key West, named Malcolm Rose... Once visited Robert and said the doll had a look on his face, like a little boy being punished. When Ross and a group of people began discussing the doll's history and discussed him in a negative light, it appeared as though Robert was listening to them and his expression changed. He said, There was some kind of intelligence there, the doll was listening to us. As a result, Myrtle, albeit 20 years later in 1994, donated him to the Fort East Martello Museum in Florida where he still resides today. She died a few months later. Now in the museum, Robert is destined to remain in a glass case, but that hasn't kept him from mischief. There are reports of mysterious occurrences, footsteps at night despite no explanation, cameras and electronic devices malfunctioning in his presence, and his ever-changing expressions. Around his case are scattered letters. Visitors are encouraged to be polite to Robert, to ask his permission for a photograph, and those who don't are said to have been subject to great misfortune, accidents, divorce, death, disease, and as a result, the letters are that of apology. There are over a thousand in total, all kept and catalogued by the museum for future reference. But what does Corrie think, who we mentioned earlier, creator of the museum? She is arguably the closest to Robert, watching over him and completing his annual checkup. She has to take him out of the case to ensure there is no damage to his body from the Florida humidity. What does she say? I've never had a bad experience with him. I've never felt uncomfortable. It's always been a very basic relationship, and I have a job to do, and I go and do it. And whether there's something to it or not, he just allows me to get on with my job. Now, Charles play director Tom Holland has never officially confirmed that Robert the doll was the direct inspiration for Chucky. And we actually know that creator Don Mancini based Chucky, or his appearance at least, on the My Buddy Dolls and Cabbage Patch Kids. But the parallels are uncanny, and the concept of a doll that could indeed be possessed by a spirit is true, when we consider the story of Robert the Doll. Now, although it's debated how much Robert the Doll inspired Child's play, the mystery behind The Little Sailor Boy was definitely enough for him to inspire films in his own right. There have been several films after his namesake, Robert, The Curse of Robert and The Revenge of Robert to name a few, although these achieve a poor score of under 4 on IMDb, so I won't be rushing out to watch any of these any time soon. So if we are to believe that Robert the Doll is inhabited by a spirit, then whose? Well if you're in the camp that believes Robert was gifted to the Otto family by a scorned maid, then you'd believe voodoo caused Robert to be a vessel filled with evil spirits. If you believe the widely accepted and largely proven theory that Robert was a gift from his family following an overseas trip, then it's harder to imagine what could cause his supposed haunting. Some would say that he was bought haunted, and others would say that Jean himself projected supernatural powers onto Robert by always blaming his childhood wrongdoings onto him. Either way, the number of accounts of supernatural happenings around Robert are unsettling. As for the truth, science would tell us that Robert the doll is just that, a doll, an inanimate object, something not endowed with life, lacking consciousness and the power of motion. But is that the truth? The people who lived with, cared for and now who visit Robert would tell you the truth inside is something completely different. I'll leave that up to you to decide. And for those that are curious, you too can write to or visit Robert in his permanent home in the Fort East Martello Museum in Key West, Florida. You can even stay in the turret room where Robert spent most of his time looking out of the window onto the street below. You'll just have to let me know if you live to tell the tale. And just remember, if you're going to take a photo, best to ask permission first, just in case. Thank you for joining me as we discuss the truth inside true crime, mysteries and legends from around the world. As terrifying or as uncomfortable as the truth may be, Theodore Roosevelt once said, in the end, the most unpleasant truth is a safer companion than a pleasant falsehood. Until next time. Hi everyone, Lauren here. Thanks very much for watching or listening.